0: Welcome to another bonus episode of Calm History, an extra treat for my Silk Plus members. If you liked my episode about the history of Rubber and Charles Goodyear in Archive episode number one, then I'm confident you're going to love this episode also. Today, I'll take you on an immersive journey on how the sap of a rubber tree in 1910 was collected cured shipped and converted to consumer goods by factories throughout the world we'll begin by visiting a rubber plantation deep in the jungles of brazil you'll meet the local workers and learn how they are hired how they harvest the rubber trees how they dress where they live, what they eat, how they get paid, and even what they do in the off-season. I will also be posting some real photos on the Silk Plus message board that were taken around 1910 of some rubber plantations, some rubber trees, and some workers as they harvested and cured the rubber sap. Alright, let's climb inside my time machine of tranquility to learn all about the journey of rubber from tree to consumer. I hope this episode distracts and relaxes your overactive brain squirrels. A Visit to a Rubber Plantation The year is 1910 and you've joined me on a trip into the Brazilian forests. We're walking along a small path, carefully etched into the floor of a dense jungle. Look, I say. This is a rubber-yielding tree. I place my hand on a large tree on the edge of our path. I can tell by your face that you are doubtful because this tree looks like most any other tree that you'd see in a jungle. I take out a small pocket knife, and I make a small cut through the bark of the tree. I encourage you to touch the thick white substance that oozes from the tree. You touch it, remarking that it feels sticky. As you rub your fingers together, it begins to dry and it forms a tiny pellet. You are now grinning ear to ear. You're confident that you've just met your first rubber tree. I explain that these rubber trees of Brazil have been heralded for yielding the finest quality rubber in the world. I continue to ramble on that some of these rubber trees grow to a height of 80 feet or 24 meters with a circumference of up to 12 feet or 3.5 meters. You don't hear me though because you are still grinning like a fool as you keep rolling that small white rubber sap pellet between your fingers. No mind, I trust you are anxious to see and learn more about how rubber is extracted from these trees. We continue down the path, making our way to meet some natives who gather rubber from these trees. After a while, we notice some buildings ahead. We've arrived at a rubber estate, or, for simplicity, we'll refer to it as a rubber plantation. This rubber plantation includes a headquarters, which are the buildings we see, and there are workers, and there's also the surrounding land that contains the rubber trees. This particular plantation belongs to a man who probably lived far away in one of the commercial centers of Brazil. He may have inherited this claim, or... He may have bought it from some other man. The headquarters of this plantation is located on high ground, right next to the Amazon River. You quickly put two and two together. Yes, the Amazon does flood at unexpected times, so being on high ground is quite important. One of these buildings is the manager's house, which has a tiled roof, his office, and a store. Around his house are some thatched shanties, or huts, which provide accommodations for part of the community. Each hut is a framework of poles, uprights, and crossbars, all covered by a thatched roof. The framework of poles doubles as a place to dry clothes after washing and as a general wardrobe for clean clothes. There are not any walls. Each hut is open on all sides. They do have raised floors, though, to keep the occupants away from the wetness and the buddy things of the ground. Hammocks provide a place to sleep, and old boxes take the place of tables and chairs. Pots and pans hang like ornaments, while makeshift cupboards contain tinned foods, bottles, oil cans, and tools. A married man and his family generally occupy a private hut, but unmarried men and married men who have not brought their wife and children into the forest tend to share a hut in small groups. The most social day of the week for everyone is Saturday, when all the rubber gatherers make their way to the manager's quarters. On arrival, they hand over the rubber that they've collected and also buy any needed supplies. For the coming week. This large gathering is an opportunity for gossip, hospitality, entertainment, and even some singing. The population of this plantation consists of working-class Brazilians who are Portuguese and mixed Portuguese and Indian descent. Certainly, they look a rough lot, but that is not surprising, seeing what a hard life they lead. So, what exactly is the daily life of a rubber worker? As you might expect, each day begins early, at about 5 a.m. That was just a tasty nibble of my newest bonus episode. You can peek in the episode notes to learn more about it. If you are a Silk Plus member, then you'll find the full-length version of this bonus episode waiting for you in the bonus podcast. If you're not a Silk Plus member, then you can easily become one by using the link in the episode notes or by going to silkpodcasts.com You are now just a small hop away from accessing this bonus episode and over 400 additional episodes, all free for a limited time. That there are a lot of episodes to feed your restless brain squirrels. Nom nom, nom nom nom.